Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedegar. I'm blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Salisbury Center and Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. I hope you say that with me every week. We expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. The vision at Middleville is to love God and others, to serve God in community, and to share God with the world so that we can make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The vision at Salisbury Center is to love God and others, to serve as an example, to plant seeds of hope, and to nurture one another so that we can make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Amen. I do have several announcements this morning. Uh, we are still working on Resurrection Sunday. As now, it looks like it will not be a combined service, but we will do a sunrise service between 6 and 6.15 that morning. Uh, we're looking to do breakfast at Salisbury Center at 7 o'clock, and then we will have 8.30 worship service in Middleville and 10 o'clock worship service at Salisbury Center. Join us if you can. If you can't, of course, I will provide a recording. We have our man meal coming up, Wild Game Night. I'm so excited. It's been quite a few years since we've been able to do this. I know there are lots of men that are signing up for this. That will be the 12th of March, Saturday, at 6 o'clock p.m. That is at Centerpoint Christian Fellowship. And I do know that Pastor Wayne Clemens uh, will be doing the music. And what a what a beautiful worship he puts on. He gets on that guitar and boy, oh boy, it's like the voice of an angel. So if you can make that, please do. Uh, remember to bring a, a dish to pass, preferably something you harvested either in the woods or in your garden. Thank you for that. And today is our love feast. We'll be doing communion when we meet in person, of course, but today uh, is a love feast. So if you want to cheat real quick and run and get something so we can kind of share that meal together later on in the service. That would be perfect. This morning's memory verse comes from Luke 5, 32. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Let us pray. Forty days alone, a wilderness of thoughts, tempting and inviting thoughts, which could so easily have distracted you from your task, your mission, your vision. Yet you emerged stronger and more attuned to all that had to be done, despite a time constraint that to our eyes would have seemed hopeless. We too live in stressful times. Demands are made of our time that leave so little for the important things of life. We're easily distracted in the wilderness of our lives by every call to go this way or that, to turn stone to bread, to leap from mountains and do all that would keep us from the truth. We listen to the voices of this world and ignore the one who endured all this and so much more and emerged triumphant that we might not have to suffer so. Forgive us, Father, when we get distracted from our task. Forgive us those times when we try to be all things to all men and fail to be anything to anyone. Bless us with your spirit, your wisdom, and your compassion. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you would please join me in the call to worship, 
<clears throat> Jesus began his ministry to the world, led by the Spirit into the wilderness. As we begin our Lenten journey, let us be led by the Spirit, even into the uncomfortable places. In those 40 days and in that place, Jesus was faced with hunger, doubt, and temptation. As we seek to follow Jesus, we would be led, even into the uncomfortable choices. Jesus left the wilderness faithful and obedient to God, rejoicing in the one in whom he trusted. As we continue on our path to faithfulness, we will be led by our Christ, rejoicing in the Lord our God. Amen. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from Luke chapter 4, 1 through 13. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. It's the temptation of Jesus. It reads this way, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was vanished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from there, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We move to joys and concerns. Um, and I'll start out first this morning. I thank you all for your prayers during this painful shingle episode. Um, it's still there. It's still painful. I'm still not sleeping at night. But I will say, thanks be to God, today is the first morning that I woke up with energy. And, and I just praise God for that. I need energy so bad. So I thank you, Lord. I thank you for that. That is definitely a joy. Of course, the concern is that, uh, you know, it's been a month. And this thing, depending on who you talk to, I have several friends that lasted six months. So uh, we're just praying that the body catches up with the healing that Christ already provided for us. So, But I do thank you all for your prayers. Um, I also know that we have people that are still in the hospital and nursing homes and rehab units. We have good reports. We have medium reports, meaning that there's no change in condition. Um, we're praying for a local family who had a fire Wednesday night, Ash Wednesday. And my understanding is that there are 10 uh, family members that are homeless. So uh, we're going to look into that Sunday and see... Uh, who they are and, and how we can be a blessing. Um, 
There is one one joy I really, really want to give, and I want to be careful given this, so uh, bear with me as I stumble through it. Last week, I, I went to the Middleville Church and met with one of the leaders in the morning, and she just had a beaming, booming smile, ear to ear. And I, I, I you know, when you see people with a smile like that, it just makes you smile. And, and I asked her, what what's going on? And she goes, well, <clears throat> she said, last week we received our heating bill. It cost us $1,800. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, how could you be smiling about that? And she said, not only that, Five weeks before that, it cost us like $800. And I was like, okay, I still don't see what the smile is for. She told me the same day that that $1,800 bill came, she received a check in the mail from a person, I won't say their name to embarrass them, um, but she received a check that same exact day for $500 as an offering to Middleville. Now, the significant part of that is we don't know this lady. And, of course, we've contacted her and thanked her, and what a blessing. Uh, We weren't out asking for money or, you know, doing any type of capital project or or anything like that. Uh, But this is an example of somebody listening to the Holy Spirit. That's the only way we can answer this, is that for some reason, the Holy Spirit put it on this woman's heart to off to make an offering of $500 to a church that she doesn't even go to. Brothers and sisters, praise God. Praise God that I could be that man, that I could hear the Spirit when, when He says that stuff to me, that I could do more, that I could do better, that I could make more of a difference in people's lives and be a blessing to churches. Now, and I'm not telling that story to, to get anybody to pull out their checkbook and and write a check. I would never do that. We have plenty of people that are that are making offerings every month, even though they don't come to our churches. And, and I say that every week, and I, I tell you how grateful I am um, for each and every one, no matter how much, or no matter what the amount is on that check. It tells me about obedience. It teaches me about obedience and listening to the Holy Spirit. It teaches me about people having the desire to be a part of that church body, even when they can't uh, sit in the church and sing with them and, and pray with them as a body of Christ. They're still making a difference in the church community, which makes a difference in the community outside of the church. But I, but I tell that story that we might all learn to just be more receptive, to be more attuned for listening for the words of the Holy Spirit. So I hope nobody took offense to that. But praise God, I thank you all. I mean that every week that I say it, I thank you all from the bottom of my heart. And I tell the churches about it when I'm in Sunday. I brag on you guys. I'm so proud of all of you. Let us pray. Lord, your life on earth was filled with concern for the sick. Have compassion now on all who share your pain. Give them healing of mind and body. Restore their strength and spirit. May they be comforted in the knowledge that we are praying for them. And may they have peace by a sense of your presence. Lord Jesus, when you were on earth, they brought the sick to you and you healed them all. Today, I ask you to bless all those in sickness, in weakness, and in pain. 
For those who are blind and who cannot see the light of the sun, the beauty of the world, or the faces of their friends, bless your people, O Lord. For those who are deaf and cannot hear the voices which speak to them, bless your people, O Lord. For those who are helpless and who must lie in bed while others go out and in, bless your people, O Lord. For those whose minds have lost their reason, and those who are so nervous that they cannot cope with life, bless your people, O Lord. For those who must face life under some handicap, those who whose weakness means that they must always be careful, bless your people, O Lord. For those suffering from debilitating or terminal illness, and for their caregivers, bless your people, O Lord. For those who are near the hour of death and in their final struggle, bless your people, O Lord. Father, your only Son took upon himself the sufferings and weakness of the whole human race. Through his passion and cross, he taught us how good can be brought out of suffering. Look upon our brothers and sisters who are ill, whom we now remember in a special way. In the midst of illness and pain, may they be united with Christ, who heals both body and soul. We ask this, of course, through Christ our Lord. Amen. So, interestingly enough, I haven't come up with a message for my, uh, a title, I mean, for my message this morning. I was thinking of calling it Horses children and grandchildren, but we'll see where the Lord takes me. Normally, he'll give me something first, and then the message comes, uh, but it didn't work that way this morning. So uh, today's message is the first Sunday in Lent. Let's let's do that for now. During the Ash Wednesday service, I shared that Lent is a heavy time in the lives of Christians. <clears throat> it's a serious time, a time that should be spent on reflection and self-analysis of our Christian lives in our Christian walk. It's a time we should consider what we truly believe and stand for as Christians. We are called to spend this Lenten time preparing our hearts for the death and resurrection of Christ by making changes in our lives to bring us closer to God through our relationship with his Son. Lent is a time to commit, or if need be, recommit our lives to Christ and his teaching. Jesus repeatedly told his disciples he would be crucified and raised from the dead. But they didn't know when, and for the most part, didn't understand what he was telling them. You see, they didn't have the advantage of the gospel in those days. They couldn't just flip through the chapters and realize how close that date actually was. But what if they did? What if they knew exactly when Jesus was to make that sacrifice on the cross? Do you think it would have changed their priorities and commitments? I would think it would make a big difference in how much time they spent with him, how much closer they listened to him, how much harder they worked on their personal relationship with him. If you don't mind, I'd like to share a personal story this morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. I called my mom every morning at the same time for 30 years. We wouldn't necessarily talk very long. We just checked in. We caught up on anything important and reminding each other that we loved each other. We didn't get to spend much time together physically because of the miles between us. 
but I would try and go home every couple of months or so to visit her. You see, we didn't have the money to drive 400 miles round trip too often. And of course, we had stuff to do at home. We had five acres to mow and keep presentable each week. We had three horses and chickens and a dog. And of course, the kids had school, sports, and concerts to attend. We had so many other priorities. Well, that all changed the day my mom was diagnosed with lung cancer. I spent the remainder of her time with me trying to get closer, making more phone calls and even spending more time on those calls. We started going home to see her more often, monthly at first, and then several times a month, and then weekly. You see, I wanted more of her. I needed more of her. I still do. Anyway, I spent the remainder of our time together with her as my priority. I also spent plenty of time alone, wondering if I should have made more calls and spent more time with her before her diagnosis. I wondered if I had become complacent in our relationship, if I just kind of took her for granted all those years. Now, of course, we know that was the enemy telling me those things. I was a mama's boy, and a pretty good one, if I may say so. I'm thankful for the warning before she died. It gave me a chance to change my priorities. It gave me a chance to spend more time with her. But as we enter the season of Lent, that experience leads me to ask several questions. Have I made and kept Christ as my priority, or have I become complacent with my relationship? Have I taken him for granted, knowing he will always be there, that I will have plenty of time to spend with him, whether in prayer or study? I can imagine the disciples asking themselves the same questions after Christ was crucified. If they only knew beforehand, what do you think they would have done differently? Well, brothers and sisters, we have the chance to go back and put ourselves in the shoes of the disciples. We have the advantage of opening our Bibles and knowing when Christ will offer himself for us. We can count back 40 days and call it Lent, and do what the disciples would have loved to do had they known. We have the chance to grow closer to Christ over these 40 days, to shift our focus and priority to him. Lent gives us a chance to confess and remove things that distract us in our lives so we can focus on Jesus and embrace him with a whole heart, a renewed heart, if you will. We have the chance during this season to turn to him for the first time, or return to him and make him our priority as our Lord and Shepherd. This is a great time for each of us to make changes in our lifestyle with the purpose of letting God change our hearts. I know some of us have horses and chickens and children and grandchildren, and they are an important part of our lives. But if we leave Christ out or become complacent in our relationship with him, what is the purpose? Our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Our witness has to begin with our relationship with Christ, and not just to the world, but to our family. 
Colossians 3, 1 through 17 reminds us to put on the new self. It reads this way. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, too, you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. My prayer this Lenten season is that we refocus our lives so our words, our actions, and our deeds reflect the image of Christ. Let it begin with the repentance of our sins and our return to a loving God, a God who sent his Son to die for our sins. Let us pray. Father God, as we enter this Lenten season, Lord, we just pray for strength, wisdom, and guidance. We pray for your Holy Spirit. We pray that the Spirit would point out things in our lives that, that don't line up with Christ's teachings, that don't line up with, with what he calls us to do or to be. We can't do it in the flesh, Father. There are so many things that we hold dear that, that don't matter in this world, Father God. Help us to think of those things and look to those things that are in heaven, not in earth. We praise you. We thank you. We give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So our in-service, we would be doing communion at this point, but now we turn to the love feast. And if you're listening for the first time, or you maybe forgot since last month, the love feast is simply a sharing of a meal. Uh, Jesus didn't do communion every single time that he sat and ate with his disciples, um, but they did a love feast. <clears throat> Excuse me. And during a love feast, it was a time to, to love on each other, to respect each other, to grow closer as the body of Christ to appreciate each other. So that would be our goal today, that even though we're separated and we're connected by airwaves, if you will, um, that we would still feel that closeness to each other 
in closeness to Christ, remembering that we are still the body of Christ, whether we're present inside the four walls or are inside our own houses or out in our garage, wherever we may be, um, as we share this love feast, know that we are together spiritually. So please enjoy and think of think of Christ and think of each other at this time. <clears throat> All that we have is from God. Our best is to be returned to God, freely given to minister in Christ's name. Out of gratitude for a land flowing with milk and honey, we bring our first fruits to be blessed in the outreach of the church. We move to the offering, and there's probably really nothing more I can say that I didn't say in the joys portion. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and, and just so you know, uh, a reminder, if you will, about the money leaving the community or the church and going on the community. Uh, the church is looking into uh, helping out that family of 10 uh, that is homeless. So just another example of how your money uh, makes a difference, not only in the church taking care of the pastor's pay, taking care of the bills and all the stuff, but but directly into the community. That we take that money and, and bless the community and you get credit as storing treasures in heaven. That is part of your treasure that we're uh, sharing with the community. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Let us pray. Mighty God, as we remember the strength of Jesus facing the temptation offered by the devil, we remember too clearly how the temptations of food, of authority, and power have overcome us. We've been tricked to believe our wants were needs, and that more is always better. May we offer our gifts to you this day with generosity and gratitude. Strengthen us to resist temptation that would present security or power in anyone but you. In Christ we pray. Amen. Well, my brothers and sisters, this service has come to an end. Go into your week, serving your Savior with love, delighting in the life God has given each and every one of you. And now receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Until we meet again, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe and please stay in his word. God bless you all.